Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Getting on Top. I'm your host, Paul Morris, and we are broadcasting uh, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. from the southern Hudson Valley region Hi, of New York, which is a northern suburbs of New York State. And uh, today we're going to be discussing the game of life. More than suburbs in New York State. I think I'm Paul, getting feedback. Oh, yeah, I'm you're getting it. feedback. Discussing is it from your phone? The game of life. What? More than suburbs in New York State. I think I'm getting feedback. I don't know what's feedback. happening. It's almost like another show is coming on. Discussing is it from your phone? What? Oh, this is a problem. I hope uh, I don't know what we're going to do. Okay. Uh, today we're talking about the game of life with Penny Collin, uh, LCSW. While it it may perhaps sound like calling life a game is to trivialize it into risk sounding callous and caring. This could not be further from the truth. We as humans play many types of games in life, some harmless and banal, and some that can have serious and even fatal consequences. As we ascend the scale of more serious games, we discover those with steeper and steeper costs. You risk injury in many sports and financial loss when indulging in games of chance. War, to examine the extreme stamp, uh, example with fatal, has fatal consequences may at first <clears throat> be thought to be something else, but it is also comprised of all the elements of a game, rules, goals, strategy, chance, winning, losing, outcomes, gains, gains and losses, just to name the most obvious ones. There, are, there is also the mating game. Once career, which we have to kind of play the game to get ahead in life, and survival of just about all the creatures in the earth. Uh, play games in order to survive. They use strategy and, 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 and stealth often. So life is really a series of games. Now, why that is so is something we're going to talk about going forward. Hi, Penny. Hi, Paul. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. So I was just discussing this at home, and my wife mentioned something called games people play, and I said, wow, I'll include that in the show. Games People Play was a book written by Dr. Eric Byrne in the early 60s. I remember reading it. And that was followed by a book called I'm Okay, You're Okay, which is the same topic, and that was written by Dr. Thomas Harris, who was a protege of Byrne, and uh, it made the whole concept of transactional analysis very popular. So what was game? Let's start with games people play, and uh, basically games Games were different activities that Eric Byrne discussed in the book. 
and I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but some he called activities, pastimes, and so on and so forth. And as he climbed the ladder, the ultimate activity was intimacy between two people. And that turns out to be a little challenging to achieve. And often, most people end up playing games with each other. Often, as an example, married couples. And what you see, you know, have all kinds of games they play, which, you know, uh, defines their life because they don't have the confidence uh, to go to the next step of intimacy. And you know about that, Penny, right? I do. I do. And... You know, when we talk about games people play and Eric Byrne and uh, Thomas Harris, what they're really talking about is the unconscious games that we play that create the way we react. Mm -hmm. And the unconscious games, you know, like you talk about in the mating scene, it's like, Two people start dating and the woman will start worrying. Should I call him? Should I let him know I like him? When's the right time to do it? Maybe I should pull away. I'm coming on too strong. These are all the games that we play. And I really believe when we stop playing the games and just let go to the truth, that's when miracles happen. In other words, we got to get in touch with the unconscious fears, doubts, anxieties, and open to self-love, wisdom, intuition, because these games create a lot of tension between people. So there might be a lot of passion. There might be a lot of sex. However, it becomes a love-hate relationship as opposed to deep intimacy. Mm-hmm. So here's the and, question. Here's the $64 question. And, I, you know, I, I, I will propose an answer, and you can give me your point of view as well. The reason why people don't get the intimacy, which is obviously the ultimate, is because they're afraid of, of being uh, rejected. In order, to, in order to get to intimacy, you have to make yourself vulnerable. You have to make yourself vulnerable for being rejected. And uh, that's a big fear that people have if they don't have enough, as you said, confidence, uh, self-esteem, then they're going to feel like the chances are they will be rejected and they stay away from it. And that's what keeps them from, that's what keeps them playing games. The games is a way to avoid intimacy. I agree with some of what you're saying. However, I have realized that intimacy comes with opening our hearts. And if we've been hurt at all, whether from a parent, a sibling, a friend, we unconsciously, and I'll use the term, play the game of closing our hearts. 
And once our hearts are closed, we can't have intimacy. Now, intimacy itself could be a whole different topic in a different show. But a fear of getting hurt is a game we play, so we close off our heart. The ideal is to learn how to open our hearts and keep them open through verbalizing the truth. And that could mean even setting boundaries with people instead of playing the game of not wanting to see them or, um, you know, instilling guilt, which is another game we play. If Mm -hmm. we open our hearts, we don't play games. The truth Mm -hmm. comes out. And I really believe, believe the truth heals and gives us what's right for us. Not necessarily sure. what we want, but what's right for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what so we why do we avoid it so much? What? It's a what fear of rejection, for? I think. Why do we avoid it so much? Well, it's so good. The fear of rejection is very deep because it's getting hurt. Now, you use the word vulnerability. That's a big word that Brene Brown has popularized, saying we need to be vulnerable in order to feel the deeper love beneath it. Right, right. And I kind of say that we're never vulnerable if we know how to keep our hearts open. And if we speak truth, we come from courage. Now, the the vulnerability or overcoming the vulnerability to me means dealing with what's going on in your body, with feelings in your body that often constrict and cause emotional pain as well as physical pain if it's that tight. And we, if we learn how to process those feelings and open to love, we're never vulnerable and there's never a fear of getting hurt. I mean, I had to learn this process while going through divorce, meaning I would never have been able to remarry had I not got the concept that I'm the one who can open to love whether I have somebody or not. And I'm the one who can set boundaries with people if I'm afraid of being hurt. And so I don't remain vulnerable. I actually have a lot of courage to speak up. Now, when I say opening our heart, what I mean is communicating with ourselves to the point where we connect with, I don't care what you call it, divine, higher self, love, inner self, matrix, vortex, open to that love and wisdom of higher consciousness and allow it to come in. And when we allow it to come in, we radiate with that light. But that means being intimate with ourselves and the divine. And a lot of people are adverse to that. They're afraid of it. 
They're afraid of that really wow. connection. Somebody once said to me, if I'm not connected, it means I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I mean, I, I think also, look, if, if you are making yourself vulnerable and you could be rejected, that's a fact. You just have to, you just have to have enough confidence to think it's unlike, it may be less likely I'll be rejected. And even if I am, I'll survive. You know, you, I mean, you got to have that, you got to have that feeling. Even in sales, which I was in for many years, I mean, rejection was party every day. You were happy if you got, you know, nine or 19 no's and one yes at the end of the day, then you were successful. So, you know, it's just a matter of accepting it and putting it in perspective. Well, let's move on a little uh, to, you know, the game of life takes in a lot of other things. Now, I want to talk about time because, you know, time isn't our friend. Time is our sort of our enemy. And when people have too much time on their hands is when problems occur. This is the old expression, you know, uh, time is, uh, is the devil's tool, you know. They say uh, idle time is the devil's tool. And also, especially people with depression, I know, unfortunately, from a personal experience, uh, when you're not, you know, active and you and you ha- you know you're conscious of time, that's when the demons start crawling in, and uh, you know it's like anything else. Uh, you want to not be conscious of time. The 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 uh, events that cause us to be conscious of time are the things that we don't like, like waiting in line, like waiting in a waiting room for to see a doctor or something like that, or waiting for someone to show up or waiting for anything, it seems to, you know, time seems to crawl or you're in an uncomfortable situation. And when you're really engaged with something, you lose, not only does time fly, but you actually lose track of time, which is, which is the, the best thing because then you're, you're at your most uh, resourceful, you're in a flow state, and everything, you know, is working well. So time is not, you know, really our friend in that sense. And one of the things that games do is it gets you engaged. So you don't have to think about time. So games are an important part of life, even in that uh, extent. You must well, you must talk of people who have time, who get in trouble so to speak, when they're, you know, not busy, right? You, I'm sure you tell them to get engaged with activities, don't you? Your patients. Yes and no. It depends on the circumstances because if we can learn how to live in the present, there is no time. And that's totally in the present. Now, the games we play when we have too much time on our hands is the negative thinking and the self-defeating beliefs. You gave a good example, waiting online, or else um, getting caught in traffic when you have an important meeting. The games you play are, oh, my God, I'm going to be late. They'll think I'm irresponsible. I I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get the promotion. Those are the unconscious games. 
Okay. That okay. if we have time that isn't taken up on okay. engaging in fantasy, then we can work through those unconscious games of learning to mm-hmm. tell ourselves something that will calm us down on learning to let go of the fear of how other people will see us. Well, I, you know, I think I, I phrased it, and you brought up a very good point, and I did miss something that's extre- extremely important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, games are sometimes part of what we do, like, the, you know, uh, the maining game and so on and so forth, uh, but oftentimes it's a filler to fill in our time when we're not actually working. That's something that, you know, is what we do, like studying if we're a student or doing our job, you know, when we have our career, then we're engaged in that. And that takes, you know, that uh, keeps us from thinking about time. But when we're not working and, you know, we're not really engaged in our primary activities, you know, then games fill the void a lot of times for us, uh, you know, just playing on the phone or or wherever we may be. It could be, you know, a board game or any kind of game you play. But, you know, so they come in different varieties besides the fact that, you know, we're always, manip- you know, we're always playing some kind – you know, we're always strategizing things, even at work and, and at home and so on. And in some ways, you can consider that a game, just like, you know, just like a regular board game or a game you play on your uh, uh, on your laptop or on your phone or something like that. Um, it, you know, it, it, I mean, even survival. You know, when we talked about, when we had many, you know, a while back, we talked about the book, Why We Lie. You know, because we're really, in this world, we're fish out of water. You know, we come from another place, and that's our real home. And everything is comfortable there. But here, we have to, you know, watch our step in order to survive. Things are a lot um, chancier here. You know, things aren't easy. So we have to sometimes, you know, play games to survive, even. You know, uh, so, I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of different forms. Uh, but it is, you know, it's it's an integral part of who we are and what we do. Um, when you were talking about games, you're saying sometimes we fool ourselves. So it could be playing games in a negative way. And certainly it could be. You know, when people say, don't play games with me, you know, be straightforward and so on and so forth. So it could be thought of, you know, in that sense as well. Um, But, you know, it is... some Some people have to be so much in control where they would tell me, I know what people are thinking, or I know people better than they know themselves, or I know how to get someone to come over to my side. And 
they might say in particular that I know how to, quote, unquote, manipulate a situation and say it in a way where they think they've come up with the answer. And I know how to control a situation where I'm always in charge. Now, a person like that may get his way from all these games he's playing. However, he's not going to feel good inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, for he, instance, he feels he needs to play a game in order to to exist. He can't to, do it to feel good. To feel like he's won. Yeah, I mean this manipulation and control are games people play, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what we want to learn is how to let go of the games and learn about mm-hmm. our connection to source, because there are much better ways. I had uh, a woman who was a big executive of a financial corporation come to me, and she got all kinds of awards, and she said, you know, I'm very, very successful in business and monetarily, but I feel like I'm a fraud inside. And that's because she's been playing the game of stepping on people's toes, I'm moving forward, I'm not being the nicest person in the world. I'm not feeling good about herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what we found as we dug deeper is that her heart closed early in childhood and that she had a force to get through life rather Mm -hmm. than being in the flow. Mm -hmm. And when we're in the flow... That's when it's so important to come from our truth. Mm. Well, when people do what's really in their hearts, and we were talking earlier today about following your bliss, then right. there's no need there's no need to be like that. There's no need to play games because we're in our power zone. We're in our power alley. But people, right. you know, when they don't feel comfortable you know, or they don't open up to themselves and do what they really love, then everything, we, you know, it's like Maslow's, you know, levels, the bottom level, they're at survival level. So they do, they may lie and cheat and do this and that because, you know, you got to eat, you got to make money, you got to, so they'll do whatever they have to do in order to survive. And a lot of times as with this woman, you know, they feel like, they're a fraud or they're not being, you know, who they really are. And, and, but, you know, it's, it's just because they're at the level, a very low basic level of survival, which is understandable. And, uh, you know, those people who are fortunate enough to be able to do what they love and, you know, and also make a living at it, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're the fortunate ones. I think of Zero Mostel. He was a great actor. and But acting wasn't his love. He did it because that's how he made money. But he loved to paint. <laughs> that's what he really loved. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was a terrific actor. I mean, he, I mean, uh, my brother many years ago, isn't it? 1970, came into New York. He was 
from L.A. to see her zero my spell and fiddle her on the roof. And stupidly, I didn't see it as well. I, I bought them the tickets. They were so expensive, $20 a piece, if you imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, it seemed like a fortune. And he said that Zero Mustel kept, he held everyone so spellbound that if he moved his eyebrow, people would like shudder, you know, that's how he, he took control of the audience. It was, it was amazing. And some people have that, but that wasn't his, you know, it turned out to be, it wasn't his true love to something he could do very well. You know, uh, I don't know if you'd call that a game, but, you know, we have to survive sometimes. Uh, and, uh, you know, so we, we go, we go, we sink to that level sometimes and have to play games to survive. And it makes life well, interesting and complicated. Here, again. What I would love for people to grasp or my inspiration would be to help people realize that they don't have to play games to survive. That we create the people we track to us and we also create the way people treat us. And if we change what's going on intrinsically, the external changes as well. And that's the important piece all of it is internal. And if we change that, we change everything around us. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to manipulate, to control, to criticize, to judge. Okay? We need to learn how to be honest. And that's mm-hmm. probably a topic for another show, is total honesty. Wow, it's scary. Because total honesty reigns. Oh, yeah. If you could get away, if you could do it. If you could do it. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to to do that. Confidence and also how to speak. And And that can be taught. How to speak up in a way where you're not... Creating somebody, uh, you know, people say, I hate confrontations. I avoid it at any uh, cost. Right, right, but right. even using the word confrontation automatically implies you're going to have a confrontation. Instead, mm. thinking I'm going to work things out amenably and I'm going to communicate mm. in a way that it's heard rather than confronted or demeaned. Mm. And people can learn that. Right. But we're, we're, we're taught, you know, in early childhood, certain things, you know, for, the, for better or worse, you know, parents may, you know, in the old days, uh, probably even before our time, they said children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> you know, right. And, and, and so on and so forth. And maybe... They had a parent or a situation, maybe at school or wherever, where, you know, when they spoke up, they were told to be quiet or they were put down or someone didn't want them to be smarter than they were. So they would, you know, they would give them a hard time or even hit them. 
if they spoke up uh, and, you know, and so on, and they got this emotional trauma that keeps them from, from expressing themselves comfortably. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of work that you and I do, <laughs> getting rid of that stuff. But um, so uh, we have about a minute or so, and why don't we wrap up? Why don't you just give uh, we have a minute and a half, and before we go, I'd just like to tell people that uh, my guest today is Penny Cohen, and you can find Penny at pennycohen.com, and Paul Morris is my name, I'm the host, and you can find my website at, at depressivesanonymous.com. Dot com or dot org. So what would you like to say just to wrap things up? Any, any final words? Well, the, the, my primary tagline would be truth is the end all be all to success in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. No games, which means no, no psychological games, internal games. Being honest, and that again is a whole topic for another show. Right. On I how think, can we be honest? Mm-hmm. I think the first step. Couldn't agree with you more, and I believe the first step for that to be honest outwardly is to be honest inwardly. To be honest with ourselves, and that's a challenge. And once we, I think overcome that and it's easier to be honest with with others as well absolutely so now we're still we, they give us a, a pad of an extra 10 or 15 minutes so we're not broadcasting live anymore but this will be on the podcast so we have a couple of minutes so yeah I guess that's pretty much wraps it up um, so thank you Penny for being my guest again. My pleasure. And again, you're listening to Getting on Top on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Paul Morris. We're here Tuesday in the afternoon from 4 to 4.30 p.m. And we hope to listen in again. Bye, Penny. Talk to you soon. Bye, Bye Paul. Everyone. Thanks. Thank you.